a Pantry Studio production. It's that time of year again. When night comes a little sooner, lasts a little longer, and the air gets a little bit more of a chill in it. These are the Mountain Mysteries Chills, an October exclusive event released every Thursday. The Mountain Mysteries Chills are brought to you by Stacy Underwood Gullet, Yanni Burton, Sharon Barron, Katina Hyla Brock, Aslan Brock, Sully Brock, Eric Brock, Jessica Preston, Trevor Huff, Amanda Henry Blevins, Bobby Fairchild, Christina Mills, James Douglas Maggard, Mildred Terry Lovelace, Sherry Henson, Josh Preston, Amanda Blevins, Marie Lovelace, Mackenzie Banks, Bradley Hampton, and Samantha Sloan. Our Patreons. We'd love to have you become a Patreon too, so we can mention your name. This is Chill Number One, an Appalachian Trail ghost story by Brad Lane. Well, it is that time of year where the night presides earlier and earlier and the bonfires become essential. When everyone crammed close to the burning logs, hot drinks, and most people are wide-eyed, as if they're waiting on something. It's the time of year for ghost stories. To not have a good ghost story ready at hand in these situations is like forgetting to bring the graham crackers and chocolate, so take some time. Think of your own Appalachian horror story, and in the meantime, well, you can borrow mine. A true account of my encounter with an Appalachian Trail ghost, but remember, as you retell it with your own twists, it's the devil that's in the details. Well, it's taken some time for me to even process the events in my own head. But just of late, I've been able to think about this weird thing that happened to me on a path sometime back in late August or early September. You see, I had a random week off work, and keeping a busy schedule, I felt that that was a rarity. I was getting a little restless, and I knew that I had to blow off some steam for a bit and explore the great outdoors. Oh, of course, my first option would have been taking a ride on my Harley, but that wasn't going to be the case this time. For some unknown reason, the outdoors beckoned to me. On the account that I was so ready to go for a vacation and no one else's schedule matched up for an adventure week, well, I thought that I'd just go solo and backpack alone. It had been years since I'd last backpacked by myself, and for some reason, I'd convinced myself that I enjoyed it. But when I dropped my car at the trailhead in Catawba, about 15 miles from Newcastle, I started hiking and I noticed a different atmosphere backpacking alone kind of gives you. I couldn't shake how incredibly silent it was. 
I could hear my own breathing and every now and then I'd even turn and look over my shoulder to see if there was someone behind me. I was almost to the point of being anxious to begin with, but I said to myself, I just had to get used to this new aspect of backpacking. Something that I was not accustomed to, certainly, but... The first night I managed to set up camp, made dinner, and immediately went into my tent to catch some sleep. I was unusually exhausted, which now seems like a surprise, for the very little sleep that I got that night. I tossed and turned more than anything, listening to the silent night until late morning, when I finally rested my eyes. Well, after daybreak, I got out of my tent and drug my feet to pack my belongings. Wasn't a lot of it, but still, you gotta get it together. It was much later than I had aimed for the night before when all this happened. I made it about five miles during the day, but it took me the entire afternoon until dark. And man, was I tired. It seemed that without having someone to push me along my hiking, it was a whole lot slower than I gave myself credit for. I pitched the tent later on that night, filtered out some water, and started setting up my cooking gear in the dark. It was getting to feel pretty late, and with my limited light to cook under, I decided just to eat a pack of raw ramen noodles in my tent. So I opened a book and started reading, and fell asleep immediately into another half-sleep and half-wrestling match for the night. But I remember at one point, staring at the top of my darkened tent, not really sure if I was awake or not, and suddenly hearing the loud crunch of footsteps outside my tent. They were fast going as they came, but with the footsteps came something of a grumble. I couldn't actually be sure, and... I couldn't distinguish any actual words, but in my mind's eye, I was sure I heard something grumbling to themselves in a deep and agitated voice. I never even got out of my sleeping bag. Not experienced with some of the sounds of night and their magnification in the silence, I tried to convince myself that it was my ears playing tricks on me, and although I managed to stay in my sleeping bag that night, I didn't fall asleep again until early morning. The next day, I awoke up. It was even later than the day before, and I was more tired than before. I made some kind of a half-assed attempt at making oatmeal and sit with my breakfast, unable to talk to anyone, even myself. I got my pack ready in the afternoon sun and headed out. About three and a half miles later, I dropped my pack and sat watching the sun begin to disappear already. Fall. It's here. I managed to collect a fair amount of firewood by the time that nightfall had rolled around and a small fire got that going, with a good collection of firewood piled beneath me. Under the reassuring light of the campfire, that gave me some security. But I started to become more at ease with the deafening silence of nature. I pulled a cigarette from my pocket and started a casual smoke as I put my feet up. When I tried to ditch the butt in my weakening flame... I saw that my throw was off and I landed outside of the ashes, so I got up to fix that mistake and then to also stoke the fire a bit when I turned around to go back to my seat. And that's when I saw him. The light was low with this tiny little fire, but 
could clearly see a man reaching down with a scorched hand for my firewood. He was wearing some kind of red plaid with large black burns tearing at his trim and a red ashy beard that smoldered at his face. He quickly looked up and his vacant white eyes connected with mine. No color in them, they were just milky white. He gritted his teeth and scrunched his nose towards me before leaving quickly in that ring of fire. I was shocked. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Never a fear like that. Ever. I fell right onto my ass next to the flames. I looked out of the forest and saw nothing but dark shadows and unclear objects. A blank wall of nothing. Of everything. I didn't know what to do. I didn't even yell. There was no one to hear me but him anyway. So I did what every red-blooded American would do. I packed up my things and I got the hell out of Dodge. I stumbled through the darkness half the time with my headlamp off, afraid to be seen, or even afraid to see anything else. I stumbled around for hours, bumping in the trees, and tripping in every which way imaginable. I wasn't even sure of where my map and compass were at. I just kept moving. I could have been hiking in circles for all I knew. I was driven by my beating heart, and to this day, I know that I have never been so scared in my life. Well, as it does, the sun finally started to rise. When dawn broke and I could see again, I just kept moving. It was around 12.30 that afternoon that I started to recognize some signs of civilization. I threw my pack down in a big open pasture but couldn't see any houses or roads. I knew I had to be close to something, but I wasn't sure what it was. I was almost too tired to even think about it. Instead of a fit of not knowing what to do, but knowing I had to do something, I pitched my tent and ate a large chunk of cheese and salami. After the meal and under the afternoon sun, I almost immediately fell asleep right there in the grass where I ate my lunch. I awoke two or three hours later, for the sun had dropped down considerably and there was some kind of a funny smell. I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I blinked a few times, and when the funny smell persisted, I shot off back with my heart beating to the sound of something troubling. What I saw was my tent. Or what remained of it. And now the only thing left standing was the tent poles that dripped with oozing leftovers of my tent body. A bubbly layer of melted green plastic lay beneath the poles with a steady gray smoke still rising from the mess. I got up and felt the weight of the sky fall on my head. For a moment I was sure that I'd woken up to a terrible nightmare. Without contemplating it any further, I grabbed my water bottle and I got the hell out of there. I ran through that empty pasture like something was behind me. Something was. I'm sure of it. I just... I don't know what. By the time that I made it to the small gravel road, I was out of breath and dripping with sweat. I hastily chugged from the water bottle and I wiped my mouth. But down the road I could see a vehicle parked in the dust. I staggered forward with my hands on my sides and soon realized it was a sheriff's sedan. And for the first time in a long time, I couldn't have been happier to see any kind of vehicle. When I got closer to the vehicle, I noticed that it was parked outside of the remains of a charred house. Nothing left but the mailbox out front. 
On the way to town, I didn't tell the officer about my experience being afraid that he might think I escaped from the loony bin or something. And instead, I asked him about the burned-down house that he'd been parked in front of. Well, the sheriff's deputy explained to me that only four days prior to this, as a matter of fact, it was the same day that I started my trip, the house had burnt down. They had no known cause, but there was an indication of arson. Two little girls, a wife and her husband, were all in that house when the fire started. And none of them made it out. Yes, real tragic stuff, the sheriff said as he told the story. And I could only shake my head with my bottom jaw hanging low. That was Chill Number One, an Appalachian ghost story, written by Brad Lane. Brought to you by the Patreon supporters of The Mountain Mysteries. Stay mysterious. A Pantry Studio Production. <laughs>